0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sheets, the podcast where we talk to you about leveling up your business. Here are your hosts. I'm Jeanette. Chad here. And today we are going to be talking all about retirement funds. Level, 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 level. next level okay so if you guys have been listening to us for a while you know that a lot of our topics are brought on from requests from other students online um chad's going to give you the link for that in just a minute uh and then a lot of them is just spent scouring facebook when i'm in my group and i see a common question pop up and lately i don't know if it's because of the whole year of COVID that everybody's just kind of thinking of like a backup plan again, but I've seen a couple posts in one week asking, what do you guys also do for a part-time job? Because I'm thinking that I'm probably going to have to retire soon. And I don't know what to do because I don't have any money saved up. And that just breaks my heart to hear that because there's a very simple solution that most small business owners don't actually take advantage of because. They, one, don't know that they should. Um, it's not being taught to them in schools. Maybe some schools are, maybe some schools aren't. Um, but I hate when I see this post. Hate it. I I can't, I just want to cry for them because I'm like, you just spent 30, 35 years, however long being a massage therapist and you should retire like the rest of the world. <laughs> when they get to 60, 65, or they tap out, you shouldn't have to go find a part-time job to get you through the rest of your life,
1: Yeah, right? Especially with the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, you set out to have that strong impact on the world in your way, right? right? Why should you be punished by having to continue to work a regular job after you've worked your butt off? We all know entrepreneurs and solo business owners uh, put in more time than the average, just punching the clock person, you know, we all, we all feel it. Right. Um, yeah, you shouldn't be punished, but there, like, you're alluding to, there is a solution. There is a theory and it's, it's not, you know, what we're going to, what people's minds are going to go to is I can, I can tell you already, they're going to go to, <laughs> I can't afford to pay into something that's not, you know, leveling up, you know, pay, paying for dinner, uh, you know take care of my expenses uh, utilities whatever it is right there so and here's the thing there's a way to do it and you're kind of already doing it folks it's already your your the structure is already in place it's not right. different all we're shifting is an allocation so Jeanette you you, you know this I, I want to I'm gonna chime in a little bit but I definitely want to hear your expertise on this
0: okay so We already, if you've listened to us before, we've already done our banking setup. We walk you through that in our foundation retention growth program. We've talked about it on 20,000 podcasts. Um, When you're doing your finances at the end of the week or biweekly, whenever you choose to do them, you allocate 20% to taxes, uh, 30% to expenses, and then 50% goes to you. Okay. Those are your baseline numbers. That is a really good, solid way to start out and keep things clean as a solo business owner. Now, when it comes to retirement, you are going to drop your expenses by 1%. One, okay? 1% of a hundred is $1. So is that right? Please tell me I did my math
1: right. Cause if you I did it. You did math right, but you totally saw me getting my calculator. So you did the math before I even got to it. I- <laughs> I I like the way you look. I like the way you're doing things here.
0: (laughs) Um, So what we're telling you to do is right now on the next time you do your finances, drop your expenditures by 29%. uh, Sorry, drop your expenditures to 29% and take that 1% and put it in another account. It, it, It can be a checking or a savings account for right now. Just put it somewhere else. Take a, do the math and take the cash out. I don't care, but start putting away that 1%. That is going to be your retirement fund. Okay. And then when you're looking for actually where you're going to put it, right. Cause some of these, some of these retirement funds through banks or whatever require like a minimum deposit, um, just like a standard checking or savings account or whatever. So shop around because different banks offer different things. I mean, standardly across the board, most of them have some sort of percentage of the funds in there they match or they match it fully or whatever. Um, there's probably also some tax benefits to putting away to an uh, retirement fund, but shop around and see what is the most appealing to you. There's tons of them online that you can put into. And this is going to be something that you're not going to be needing to like talk to a banker all the time about it. So it's okay to shop around and go online for a period, for a period of time. Okay. You also want to make sure that you're looking at any penalties that you have. Say you need to pull out because, and we'll sidetrack for a minute. I know a lot of therapists that dipped into their retirement account during COVID from the get-go, because they weren't aware of things like we didn't know that the PPP loan was going to come out and that all these grants and stuff were going to come out for small business owners. So they dipped into their retirement fund. And because they did that may have incurred a penalty or a fee, if you will, so call it. So you want to make sure that you understand everything about the retirement account that you're looking at, okay. And uh, before I go on, is there do we have clarifications that need to be made?
1: Well, I did, I was doing math while you were chatting, so I, I know of you saw you me were. just yeah yeah yeah. So I did I did a realistic setup. I did um, you charge ninety dollars a session. You put in four sessions in a day, not a ton. That's a pretty fair workload. Um, and that's three hundred sixty bucks for the day. Three hundred sixty dollars five days a week, take two days off. I think that's fair. $1,800 for the week. And we're going to multiply this by four weeks, even though some months have five, some even have six every now and again, um, yeah. $7,200 per month. So that's what your total amount is that you brought in. And we're talking about 1% of that, which breaks down to be $72. Bucks. $72 is what you're going to set aside for the entire month into to start off, right? We're starting right. off with 1% for this retirement uh, you know, account. And the idea here is to just start getting in the habit of putting money aside for a purpose. What right. you do with that money, you you have a lot of things you can do with that money. You can yeah, you know, you probably gotta go into a couple, but you can invest it, you can you know get aggressive with it, you can put it into long terms. There's a whole slew yeah. of options, but eight hundred and sixty-four dollars of liquid assets that's going to you're gonna figure out how to make that money work for you. Yeah. I feel like that's not taken away from any bills. That's not taken away from, you know, your your living status. Yeah. I think it's a very fair amount to get started with just to get into the process and the habit of putting money aside for a really purpose.
0: And if you're looking at what's the, what's the, uh, what's the weekly total?
1: So weekly is 1800.
0: Okay. So, but 1800. So you're saying the monthly total that they would put away would
1: be $72. Yeah, so seventy-two hundred per month, um, which is seventy-two dollars at one percent.
0: Okay, so if you're looking at that number, going, "Oh man, that seventy-two dollars is something that I need every month." Okay, then you challenge yourself to bring on one more client. That's all it is. It's just one more client. Instead of seeing twenty people a week, you see twenty-one. Yeah, that's it. Like. I know that some of you might be panicking over that. And I'm really glad that you did that math behind my back, because I think that really kind of made it realistic for some people. And you also brought up a couple of the things that I was going to talk about next, which was, it doesn't have to be a retirement fund. There are a lot of people that have no retirement fund and have 2,500 stocks everywhere. And then they just pull those out whenever, you know, and a, a Another thing is a lot of people will have some sort of portfolio manager once they get into that multiple stock type thing. Um, There's tons of apps out there, by the way, that do it for free, okay? But there's there's numerous ways you can go about this. Retirement fund, um, whether it's like a Roth IRA or whether it's uh, it's escaping a money market account once you get up to a certain uh, amount um, or... You could put it into investments, whatever that is. You know, those are also very, very good ideas, but this is how you level up because now you're not worried every day in and day out that you're like, oh my God, like I'm still doing this and I I have nothing, I've been massaging for five years and I have nothing to look forward to because the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to build up that amount. There was just, there's been a Facebook video on my feed for the longest time about, did you know that if you put this amount of money away each month, that in 25 years, this would be your total. And I looked at that number and was like, okay, wow, that put it into reality for me. Yeah. Because I looked at that and I was like, oh yeah, I could probably totally put that away in a month. So it's just, I know that this can get like a, it can seem super hard because we're stepping, this isn't like directly related to processes and the five key behaviors and client retention, but it is indirectly when you feel solid as a business owner and part of that solidity comes from making sure that you're setting yourself up for success, even after you close, then you're not worried about anything going into your session room. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are some of you out there that are like, yes, I definitely know what that feeling is. And you either have it or you don't, but I can't imagine being in the position where in 20 years, I'm going to close up my shop and not have a damn dime to live off of after 20 plus years of massaging.
1: There've been a couple of clients that I've worked with and Every single one of them have a light bulb moment when I say this. And, you know, for me, when it was told to me by my business coach, I had a light bulb moment as well. When you're creating a business that is yours, you should be creating this business and working every single day for one of two purposes, either to sell it or to franchise it. So that should be your mission every single day that yep. 20 years from now, 10 years from now, three years from now, whatever that day looks like, you've built in so much value to this business that it's attractive yep. for somebody else to just buy from you or so many people want it that you're able to convert that to a franchise where they can get a piece of the pie as well. And when you set right. your business up under that mindset, $72, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a month, that's not that's not your concern anymore. So you're starting off now. You're thinking about you know every dollar counts, and you put a great um, a great way of thinking about this. That's one additional client. So maybe right. you budget out one client and that is your, or you budget out five clients a month, or you have everybody who comes to me on a Sunday. That's my retirement people, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe that's how you look at it. Whatever works for you. But if you operate it under the mindset of I'm going to make this business so kick butt that it's attractive to people either to buy from me or they want to do exactly what I'm doing and just own a piece of it via a franchise. You're going in the right direction to be able to not have these concerns.
0: Well, and I'm going to add a third option in there, which is you can simply just own it and not work it. I know a lot of therapists that spend three to four years maybe not even that amount of time, but kind of slowly they've hired on therapists, and now they're pushing those clients onto those therapists one, two at a time, whatever. Cause nobody wants like a boatload of, you know, 20 new people coming in the door at once. And they're like, Oh wait. And then they just simply own it and they hire somebody to run it or they promote one of the other therapists and they say, Hey, you've been with me since I opened. I want to promote you to manager. So that means that you will, you will also be working on your own clientele, but you're going to be overseeing this, 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 and the other thing. And that way you're still getting a chunk, right? Cause you're an owner and you basically, it's just like if you owned Walmart, like you're paying managers. So there's also that third, there's also that third option, um, to do that with your business, but either way, yeah. That's the difference of
1: working on your business or in your business, right? And the goal is to be able to work on your business and make it flourish rather than getting stuck in it. I feel like that's the goal, right? Not just with, because it's a labor intensive uh, industry, at some point your body is going to say, no, I'm not, I'm not up for this anymore,
0: Right, Um,
1: but you're you know, your paycheck or your you know, funds or whatever saying, no, we still need this. Um, but if you are able to get it to where you're not stuck working in the business and you can focus working on the business by promoting the right people, having the structure, right. uh, like you talked about, you can have a very lucrative business and do very little, if at all, any body work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's usually most nine times out of 10, that is the route that most uh, massage owners that hire people, And, you know, salons and spas do like they've, they've started it and they're now 92 and they still own it. And when they die, it goes to their kids. Like there's, there's tons of options out there. And I'm glad that you brought that up, um, about what your business coach said. You're either, you're building a business to either sell it or franchise it. I think that's great. That's awesome advice because how else are you going to make more money? You know what I mean? Like It's not, you know, standardly when you work a nine to five job, that company pays into the retirement fund for you. You work for them until you don't want to work anymore. And then you retire and you get a lump sum amount for retirement. Okay. But with us as small business owners, we have a larger option of kind of like divvying out our stuff into multiple areas, such as selling the business, franchising and stocks and a retirement account. And as you continue This kind of brings us into our third and our next point. It's probably point number 6,665. But when you're thinking about, okay, but you told me I'm only supposed to put 1% away. Well, as you build and you grow and you get better and better at reducing your expenses, um, then you want to slowly take that 1% and jump it up. 2%. And then the following year, 3%. And then the following year, 4%. I mean, heck, if your expenses can take it and you're only spending 15% of your income on expenses, heck you could throw that other 15% into all of your investments and stuff for retirement. It just depends on what your personal numbers are. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I've actually noticed a trend of a lot of massage therapists uh, closing up brick and mortar and moving to travel only. And when we talk about your expenses, you're not at 30% when you're doing travel. You're at like no. nine, right? And so you have that flexibility financially. You have that flexibility to be able to jump into that two, three, four, five 5%, and maybe even more because you don't have that brick and mortar expense like some other industry, uh, some other businesses do. You, know, right. you may be able to jump into that or also diversify, right? Maybe you do. as in uh, stock investments and you do 3% as, you know, whatever. I'm not a pro at this stuff, uh, but you're able to diversify and make your money work for you in multiple ways. Right. So, you know, you got to start somewhere. And the first thing is have that mindset of, I want to be able to retire and I'm going to work now to be able to do that. I'm going to Mm -hmm. have a mindset of creating a business that is so attractive that somebody might want to purchase or franchise it, right? It's not about actually selling or actually franchising. It's about creating something so attractive and unique that you have the ability to sell or the ability to franchise, right? Right. And then you can diversify that money and maybe you can make it really, really work for you to where you're not putting aside $72 a month, but maybe, maybe now, cause you got three people working for you. Maybe you're putting aside, you know, 2,500 a month. Yeah. It's possible. That's a realistic number.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it is, it, it's totally a realistic number. If you're following again, your processes and procedures and you're sticking with your time management and you're doing your finances correctly you're not just haphazardly shifting over money when you need it it doesn't help you you're not going to be able to figure out your numbers if you don't get on that weekly or biweekly banking system so if you're not already on that that's going to be your first um that's going to be the first thing that you want to do is you want to get on your biweekly banking and i am tra- i am trying to find, I know we talked about it in one of our podcasts and I am looking for it right now.
1: What, was um, it? The fi- finance, was it a finance one? Which one was it?
0: I, that's what I'm looking for is, is anything banking. We might've
1: not talked to it. Well, we had your financial reality in the beginning. I remember that one. Right. Um, yeah. We did talk about it in one of our Q and a sessions. We did. And I know, I mean, I know it's in our it. foundation
0: and gro- foundation,
1: retention, growth program. Yeah. It's we somewhere a, up there. We did a budget evaluation. It's in our core program. Um, it's, we talk about it all over and there's definitely nuggets throughout for sure. It's, it's around.
0: Yeah. And this is one of those things where if you're listening to this podcast and you guys are like, Oh, I really don't even know where to go to in order to start this, hop on massagecoreacademy.com and get in touch with this.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you had mentioned earlier, I was going to shout out a link and listen, you're listening to this. I don't know if you were referred to it or what, but you have the ability to have an input on what we discuss, right? So if you go to massagecoreacademy.com at the top, there is a podcast, uh, podcast link, or you can go to massagecoreacademy.com slash podcast. But there is going to be a form where you can ask us a question. You can, you know, basically say, hey, I've got this going on. And I would really love to hear you guys, you know, dive into it. Because it my favorite part is when Jeanette's like, hey, guess what we're going to talk about in three weeks? And she just throws a curveball. But the reason is is because she's going <laughs> through these Facebook groups and finding real world situations that people yeah. could use some feedback on. And we prep a little bit, we talk back and forth. We've, we've uh, we've had our, our, banters before, but at the end of the day um, having two points of view is, I think that's impactful. I think, you know, sometimes have not always being in line is a positive yeah. for us. You know, you're coming from a massage therapist point of view, who's doing it. I'm coming from an outside business coach and consultant point of view of you, um, <laughs> why don't you just do it right and right you, and then you help balance that for me of okay but listen chad you have to do this this and this there's other logistical things in place and well and that's balanced you know
0: and that's really that's i mean honestly that's really the struggle with most therapists when they're hiring a business coach that is not to say that the other business coaches that are out there strictly for massage therapy aren't good i've seen them respond to posts like i wholeheartedly agree with them so this is not to be taken like they're crap hire us but that's what I love about us so much because you're not just getting a massage therapist who knows business you're also getting the marketing you're getting the website detail like you're getting the best of both worlds and we're experts in our field so I mean that's that is one of like the thousand reasons that I like I mean, I've been stoked ever since day one when you sent me that email that was like, Hey, you want to start a business doing this? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> I believe I was in the middle of delivering FedEx boxes. That was God. How long ago was that? Year we're and a half.
1: At a wall, if we're on episode That was like April
0: of 2020. One.
1: Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, yeah. listen, we no, no, it wasn't. It was November. No,
0: I was not. No, it was no. When we talked
1: about it, no, you're right. When we talked about it, it was back in April, May, but we didn't. Yeah, because I was sweating my butt
0: off in a frigging delivery truck.
1: (laughs) We just didn't (laughs) kick off till later. But yes, no, you're right. When I sent you that email, um, you were definitely still doing the package delivery offset. Yeah.
0: So I mean, guys, listen. When at the end of the day, you're getting, like Chad said, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting someone who understands you because she knows what you do. And then you're also getting that challenging part where Chad's like, you know what? You're just going to have to buckle down and do it because that's what's necessary. And sometimes we don't like hearing that stuff. And sometimes it's hard to hire out professionals in finance and taxes and stuff like that, because they're not massage therapists. And we feel like they don't understand the struggle. We understand the struggle guys. So stick with us and we shall never lead you
1: astray. Speaking of challenge, I know we're about to, I know we're about to end this, but if you haven't heard it before, we have, um, our four-week challenge and it's called champion your practice. Um, what it's, what it's designed to do is quite literally give you what you need in order to have, uh, to be a champion of your massage practice, right? We, and, when we talk about the tangible of that, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to be a champion? Um, The tangible of that is an 80% or higher rebooking rate. And that's really what we should be striving for is delivering such a great experience that people want to come back. It's natural for them to just say, yeah, of course, why wouldn't I come back? And that's the goal. So if you want to check that out, um, I think we still have about a week left on enrollment. So go to massagecorechallenge.com and... um, you can, you can fill out your application right there.
0: Yeah. Nice. What are we talking about next week? Let's see. I have it up. Let me look next week. We are. oh Okay. So this, we haven't talked about this one yet. We might have danced on it a little bit, but setting up shop in a shop. So when you're, when it's not your own suite, maybe you're part of a doctor's Mm. office or another business, how do you still kind of maintain control and separation, um, and still conduct business the way you want to do it without intermixing and, you know, uh, making it a struggle with the other business. So we're going to talk about that all next week, but for now, I want you to keep folding your sheets nice and crispy. All right. We'll see you next Saturday guys. Bye. to the next level.